The Paul Kaharski Podcast is brought to you by Yazoo Brewing Company, a Nashville original since 2003. Welcome into the Paul Kaharski Podcast, heading into game of the year. And if they win this one, then next week's game of the year. But this is the one, as you all know, Colts, the big rival, Colts, the giant obstacle. Yes, everything is set up for them to win this one. The Colts, makers, Jacoby Brissett hobbled still with the lingering effects of that knee injury. T.Y. Hilton not playing. Marlon Mack not playing. Uh, provided that Derek Henry's hamstring allows him to go and be um, some form of himself, which we are fully expecting. The Titans are poised to to end this string of failures in important games against the Colts. But as I have said time and time again, I will believe the Titans beat the Colts in an important game right after. I see the Titans beat the Colts in an important game. I understand and appreciate your enthusiasm for it, and you should be fired up, but leave at least a little space here. It's what the Titans do against the Colts. Maybe this is the switch flip game. Switch flip game if they come through and deliver. But in this series, There is always seemingly cause for doubt. They should go to Lucas Oil Stadium, win this game, come out of the division ahead of the Colts with two on the horizon against the Texans with some serious control regarding their own fate. One thing I was very curious about with regard to this game, because Ryan Tannehill has run the ball in a way, in the way that we expected Marcus Mariota to run it when he was the starter earlier this season, that we've seen Marcus Mariota run it when he was at his best. But the Colts, uh, maybe above all teams that we've seen the Titans deal with, spy the quarterback really, really well with one excellent weak side linebacker, Darius Leonard. Um, And I was wondering if the Titans might expect to see Darius Leonard uh, spy Tannehill with more regularity than we've seen anybody do it. They they may have seen, you know, a a spy on a play here or there during Tannehill's uh, run so far, but nobody's been spying him with any regularity and he's been hurting people with his runs um, so I asked Mike Vrabel um, about the idea of of the Colts spying Tannehill and if the Titans have to prepare for such a thing. Well, we do try to prepare for things that, um, you know, that we've seen. And, uh, you know, again, that they have, have done a, a, a nice job. And Leonard is a, a very athletic, a very instinctive player um, with, with a lot of range, um, both body type and, and with, with speed and so he, he's an ideal candidate um, to do that and so uh, they've done it against different players it's been a pretty effective uh, plan for him on third down not only against us but other teams and so that's certainly one thing that we're going to have to be prepared for amongst um, 
the other stuff that they do rushing the passer. Has Ryan seen that at all so far? Um, in his tenure here? Yeah, since he's been your starter. Um, I mean, the pe people may have, you know, I mean, I, <clears throat> I can't tell you the exact amount of times, but I'm sure that um, we've seen a spy in there on third down or something. But I wouldn't say that that's something um, that teams have majored in. So that'll be something interesting to watch for on Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, Leonard is a hell of a player. Tannehill's been doing a hell of a job running. And I think um, while certainly their number one thing in Indianapolis is going to be to slow Derrick Henry um, and ideally from a Colts perspective, slow him by by maybe getting a, a, a lead uh, conventional way. Uh, the Titans are good at sticking with the run, but still you take away a little bit of their uh, run option if you could get ahead of them, but also uh, then try to take away Tannehill's running as an option. I don't know that you want to put it entirely on Ryan Tannehill as a thrower because he's been doing so very, very well. He's averaging 14.3 yards per completion in the last four weeks, which is uh, good. Second best of qualified NFL quarterbacks in that time to only Matthew Stafford, who hasn't played a full slate of games during that time. He's at 15.6 and I've ruined one of my stats for later. Um, on the other side of the ball, Adoree Jackson's coming off an excellent game. Uh, he played really, really well last week, and uh, it was very encouraging. He's been playing pretty well. Um, as the punt returner job went away, I think he's gotten better as a cornerback. As Malcolm Butler disappeared with his injury, I think uh, Adoree Jackson then becoming a, a true full-timer, not just coming onto the field in nickel situations. I think he's um, – played better last year we saw him play a great game against josh gordon um against new england in the Titans' surprise win and then they went to lucas oil stadium and he played terribly against ty hilton now he's not gonna see ty hilton in this game so he doesn't even get to uh kind of avenge that game but he will um there uh maybe paris campbell is his guy because he's the speediest guy. I would think the Titans wouldn't uh, match up across the field now. They would just play people who are on their sides. I'm sure he'll have chances to run um, with with Campbell, who's probably their most dangerous threat now, the rookie. But um, talked to Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator, about the state of Adoree Jackson's game. <clears throat> At the time, uh, we thought, uh, sorry, thought T.Y. Hilton would be playing. But nonetheless, uh, interesting thoughts from Dean Pease on Adoy Jackson and the state of his game right now. I don't know that Malcolm's injury, I think, had maybe probably any bearing on it. I just, I think he he knows he's he's got to perform well, but I think he's always known that. Um, I just think he, I, you know, he played like we expected, you know, expect Dory to play. And I think he was... Uh, I can't really tell you if there was any different in his approach. You, you'd have to ask him that. But, uh, you know, I think he's always approached the game well. He's always practiced well. He's always been a good practice player. Um, I just think he had a really – I think he had a real productive game. You think punt at, returns coming off his plate in some way helped him defensively? Uh, that would be something, Paul, you'd have to ask him. I, I don't really 
I don't really know. I, you know, I don't know if anything time if special teams uh, takes stuff off their plate. I, I don't. I really couldn't tell you. I think that'd be something you'd have to ask him. So, Adoid Jackson, a guy to keep an eye on in this game and going forward. He's one of the guys um, whose game is on a good trajectory for the Titans, and I think um, encouragement. He's he's played much better. I think the start of that really was him getting the punt return job taken away from him. And look, punt return is no uh, it's no area of uh, excite excitement for the Titans um, by any means. The uh, Adam Humphreys, you know, gets the bare minimum. He's not going to turn the ball over like Adoree did in the first Jacksonville game, which really hurt, but um, much out of it at all. And that's a real uh, blight kind of on Adoree Jackson's resume because part of the reason he was the 18th pick in the draft was because he was going to give them that. And uh, obviously that it was something that did not translate to the NFL for him. But he's playing good cornerback now. He was very aggressive um last week and that was something to be excited about i think for the titans and the hope would be that he could pick it up uh with what he did against jacksonville very aggressive game and play similarly against the colts um and then next week in oakland where maybe there might be more challenges in a in a healthy receiving core those two aren't uh fantastic and things would be tougher the week after that um, in Houston. The Paul Kaharski podcast is brought to you by Yazoo Brewing Company, a Nashville original since 2003. I also talked to Dean Pease. Uh, we talked to Dean Pease, the, the press corps, about guys kind of dropping out of the lineup. So the Titans officially now without Delaney Walker, who's on injured reserve. That's not a massive surprise, I guess, although I was counting on Delaney Walker to reemerge and offer at least some sort of small boost as a member of some sort of small package situational thing where he could offer um, some sort of weapon for Ryan Tannehill, some sort of supplement to Johnny Smith, and it would have been a nice boost, but um, parent that... Um, after the bye where they were enthusiastic about how he was feeling on Monday, that that week did not go as they hoped. So no Delaney Walker. Another guy they're without now is Cam Wake. And uh, the loss of Cam Wake is significant. Sharif Finch has been uh, healthy and active a couple times, including last week. Uh, Reggie Gilbert's on the injury report this week. And the Titans continue to play pretty good defense. Without uh, you know Harold Landry's becoming more and more of an effective pass rusher, um, good enough to dictate uh, blocking schemes. I don't think for offenses, and certainly um, the the his counterpart, um, not a particularly strong position on this team, and certainly less strong without Cameron Wake. But Dean Pease has an interesting kind of philosophy on um, when somebody like Cameron Wake goes down. Well, it's just a uh, young guy's got to step up and uh, got to play, and and it's the same thing. It's it's just it's been in this league for as long as I have. It, it's never really changed. We you just lose guys, you lose good players. Um, young guys got to step up. Um, 
you know, before there was Cameron Wake, there was somebody else, and then it became Cameron Wake. You know, he had to step up for probably somebody else. Uh, it's just, it's been that way for everybody. There's always probably with somebody before somebody, and then they, they get their opportunity. So now, to me, it's with young guys, it's it's you know the biggest thing is they got an opportunity now to show what they got. You know, they always feel like they're sitting in the background behind a guy that's pretty well known like Cam and. And so I never really get an opportunity. Well, now you get your opportunity. So sometimes it, uh, it can be surprising. Guys can really step up and, and uh, start their career. And so, uh, you know, he's talking about guys like Gilbert Correa, like Sharif Finch. Um, and some of those guys have to start to get to the quarterback with some regularity. But I think we'll see also more blitzes with uh, Logan Ryan, with Kenny Vaccaro. Um, with Jam Brown, perhaps, and the Titans have to sustain that pass pressure um, beyond Harold Landry, beyond what they get from their interior push from Jarrell Casey, from Simmons when he gets back there. And Simmons has certainly leveled off since his uh, early impressive play. Um, whoever else is up front. Um, they're going to have to find ways to mix and match. <clears throat> it's not that um, – I don't know that Wake was doing fantastic work, but certainly he's got the resume um, to apply the pressure, know-how. And um, these other guys coming in behind him, certainly younger, uh, less experienced, less effective. So um, we'll have to see who's put in position to take advantage of it and uh, if anybody can actually get it Done. I'm a little skeptical, but um, but you know, Titans are pretty good at creating pressure through scheme when they have to, and I, I think that'll be they'll be called on more to do that. So that's a Mike Vrabel, Dean Pease thing. Um, it's uh, maybe on some of these guys. Stit, uh, numbers game. So I gave you the Ryan Tannehill numbers. Averaged 14.3 yards per completion since week nine. That's the last four weeks. That's the second best of 35 qualified NFL quarterbacks. The league average, 11.2. So that's substantially better. And Matthew Stafford is the only guy ahead of him at 15.6. Brace yourself for some offensive numbers here that you never, ever, ever imagined that you would hear. The Titans have averaged 400, a touch over 445 yards from scrimmage per game since week nine. Again, the last four weeks. That's the best in the NFL. The league average and 59 yards. The Ravens are second at 436 yards. So the Titans. Nine yards better than the Ravens per game over the last four weeks. Average yards from scrimmage over the last month, 445. That's remarkable. Now factor in this. They've run 165 plays over that time span. The second fewest in the NFL. The most yards from scrimmage over the last month while running the second fewest plays in the NFL. Yes, that means they've been getting a regular dose of big plays. We saw we've never we thought we'd never see 
when we were watching this team early on. These are Derek Henry, big runs. These are A.J. Brown, big catch and runs. These are Ryan Tannehill. These are Johnu Smith. These are uh, uh, an alarmingly impressive rate of big plays to make these two things simultaneously, and it is something to behold. A.J. Brown has averaged 14.6 yards per target in the last four weeks. That is the best seven qualified receivers in the league. The league average is eight. The league is averaging eight yards per target. A.J. Brown is averaging 14.6. Second is James Washington with 13.3 yards per target. A.J. Brown is over a yard better than his closest competition. That is very impressive. And we'll end on Derek Henry, the guy who's carrying this whole operation. Prayers out there for his hamstring. He has averaged 7.5 yards per carry over the last four weeks. And we know that's buoyed by runs, but that's how the average works, right? That's the best of 33 qualified running backs. The league average is 4.2 yards, 1.5 against a league average of 4.2. Carlos Hyde is second at 6.6. Derrick Henry, over the last four games, nearly a yard better than his closest competition. Look, I I, uh, I I think I'm with everybody. I never, ever, ever imagined that we would see this kind of offense from this football team based on what we saw from a two-and-four football team. Just crazy what they're doing right now. And you should be soaking it in because you never know when it's going to end. Um. Ryan Tannehill certainly making his case to be here um, beyond this year and to be the starter beyond this year. Um, you want him to keep it up? Certainly. This team has a realistic chance. I mean, I don't know how realistic it is, but uh, if it keeps playing like it's playing, it could win you know, all but one of its remaining games and, and be right there. Um, and then maybe not just for, for a wild card berth, but f for the division based on, uh, what lies ahead with, uh, with the Houston Texans. You just wish it had come to life earlier. It's not all on Mariota. I don't blame them at all for giving a guy they wanted to be the franchise quarterback, a thorough look in the last year of his contract to make sure that they knew what they had turned out, what they didn't have. But they really have something now with the way things are going. Um, I hope for your sake they pull it off in Indianapolis. Uh, if not now, when? 
You've been listening to the Paul Kuharski podcast brought to you by Yazoo Brew, the finest beer in the area. Hefeweizen is delicious. It remains the holiday weekend, and I continue to head to my refrigerator and find some. You should, too. Um, they are longtime supporters of paulkuharski.com. This fine site that we have going here, largely thanks to your help. If you're not a member, I encourage you to check it out. It's only $5.99 a month. You can get 11 months. You can get 12 months for the price of 11 months. And there might be a sale coming up for you to keep your eyes on. I appreciate your support. I appreciate Yazoo's support all weekend. I advise you to shop online. The Paul Kaharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkaharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com. now.com.